The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. It was unfamiliar subject matter for the justices on the Supreme Court applied to an unfamiliar setting, a platform anchored more than three miles off the California coast. Last week, the court considered whether California's wage and hours law applies to workers on such platforms, meaning that workers would have to be paid for all their time on a rig depending on how the justices rule. Joining me is Brandon Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst. So, Brandon, tell us a little about the case. Yeah, this is a really, it's sort of a small case that's got real large implications. Um, Basically, one of the workers on a rig sued saying, I should be paid because I'm sleeping on this rig. And, And under California state law, I should be paid for that time even though I'm operating in federal waters. And so uh, it sets up a very interesting issue for these justices where they have to weigh what's going on in California against what could potentially also happen in the Gulf of Mexico, where 97% of offshore U.S. uh, development occurs. So offshore rig operators in the whole Pacific then would have to pay hourly workers for their time? That's right. According to California law. That's right. And it's it's different than federal law. And that's really what the crux of the issue here is, is where's that line when we're on in offshore waters in this outer continental shelf or the OCS? Here we're talking only about the Pacific, which is, you know, the, the West Coast plus Alaska has implications, but economically not as big as if this were applying directly to the Gulf of Mexico. So put some numbers on this. That's a that's a good question. So it's a lot of back back of envelope. But um, for direct liability for someone like Parker Drilling or other operators who have similar lawsuits, you know, looking at back pay in the order of 50 to 100 million generally, just based on, hey, I was on this rig for four years, so were 200 other people, and we should have been paid at overtime and for all the time we were sleeping, et cetera. And then you know that that cost has to be carried forward. So we're looking at double, triple wage costs moving forward. And those are potentially big numbers aggregated when margins aren't great for the offshore. So you were predicting that the court would overturn the Ninth Circuit decision in February. Did the justices questioning reinforce your opinion? You know, it's always a dangerous game you play when you try and play it. You have to, right? So if I was scoring this out, I think I'm, I'm still confident in my my analysis that this gets overturned at the Ninth Circuit. And I think that the Supreme Court is either on a 6-3 or 5-4 based on the questioning. Hard to say, obviously, where Thomas goes since he doesn't ask any questions. But um, you could get a feel for where the justice were at based on the questioning. So who are the uh, four or three? So I think if you look at how they opened the questioning during argument, you had uh, Sotomayor was absolutely firing on all cylinders when it came to Parker Drilling's counsel being there or the United States who are 
before overturning the Ninth Circuit. You also had Kagan, who was involved, and Ginsburg. So I think you had sort of a, a trifecta of the, the female justices all sort of indicating maybe with their questioning and the tenor of their questions which way they were leaning. Um, and then obviously I think Breyer would typically be considered moving maybe in that camp, but he was showing that he might not be completely comfortable with going all the way there. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So is this a a one-off case when the Supreme Court decides this? Is that the end of the game? So it depends because really for first, there are at least seven other lawsuits that directly involve the same actions, just a different platform. It's, it's exactly the same. They're all pending in, in, in the Ninth Circuit out in California. Um, so direct read through there. Now, how this plays out in other jurisdictions is open based on which way the court goes. So in this case, did the Ninth Circuit, which we know is very liberal and goes its own way, did it just go a different way and say, the way this has been going for years is wrong. We have to apply California law, state law to these rigs. That's, I mean, that's basically right. You have, as, as Breyer put it, you have 50 years of precedent in the Fifth Circuit, which is Gulf of Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, that go the other way. That say, look, when you're out on the rigs, federal law applies. You don't have sort of a gap filler or a uh, rising off the floor of federal law with state law. This is the first time we've seen that happen, and I think it may be just the case that this didn't hit the Ninth Circuit. It didn't get in front of them until now. So this case did not get much attention in the press. Why do you think the justices took it in the first place? Well, if you think about sort of how the Supreme Court decides what it's going to take, it's usually they need need a circuit split. They need real public policy issues. They need federal state issues. And we certainly have all of those here. And I think that that, to me, when we were looking at this case coming out of the Ninth Circuit, I was thinking this is this has definitely got all the marking of something the court would want to take, particularly because of how much impact it could have on that Fifth Circuit, on the Gulf of Mexico. Has the Fifth Circuit ruled on this? Because that's a very conservative circuit. It has ruled in various capacities on this, but not directly in this instance, mostly because I think Texas and Louisiana 
have basically given to federal uh, labor law in this case. They, are, they don't have the same kind of structure that California has here. So when might we hear a decision? Good question. Again, just like trying to game out which justices go which way. I think if you look at the stats, we're probably looking at late 2Q, 3Q. Um, this might be one of those cases that's a little more complex because the issues are pretty novel, so maybe we push into 4Q, but uh, probably this year. Okay. Well, you know, everyone says that you can't judge by what the justice questions are, but nine times out of ten, you end up with their questions signaling which way they'll go. Well, thanks so much, Brandon. That's Brandon Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst. You can read more of Brandon's analysis at BI Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.